everyone. Thanks for joining us for Let's Talk Recovery. My name's Aaron. It's Caleb. We're just grateful that you were able to join us on Cedar Point Church's fastest growing podcast where we are real raw, real raw, <laughs> relational, and um, had too much caffeine and sometimes irreverent. So I can't even talk this morning. That's good. But That's uh, good start. yeah, it's a great start. We're going to leave it though because, you know, we're real. We're, yeah, we're real. We're raw. <laughs> Um, and we've had way too many issues with our tech, so I'm afraid to stop it once we've started. So we're just gonna we're just gonna have to keep going. Yeah. But uh, check us out on social media, Facebook, Instagram, wherever you scroll. Be sure to like, share our content. Um, I know a while ago we talked to you about how we will be branching off at some point and, and separating some things and, and still be on the lookout for that. Um, but uh, man, thank you again for just engaging here. Um, and uh, and I'm. I'm going to let you introduce today's topic. So. Okay. Well, before I do that, I do want to, since we are um, just a few weeks out, I do want to plug, we are going to be starting up our end-up studies yeah. here lately, or not lately, soon. Um, so if you are a attender on Monday night and you want to get involved in those, um, I would encourage you to be on the lookout for our signups for that because um, you know, it doesn't cost too much horn, but those seem to do pretty well for people. They do. Uh, that we use a, the book that I wrote in, um, in uh, actually we have a, a lot of really good feedback and then if you ever have questions about that just talk to somebody who's taking it um yeah. and i think you'll yeah uh, there's actually a church launch um that, that contacted us about picking that up for small group material really yeah are you serious i am serious oh, yeah. yeah it's uh church is launching out of asylum springs and so yeah. yeah okay yeah so uh really wants it though is one of their their dedicated small group curriculum so we're gonna send in a leader guide and some books and i'm impressed yeah I knew you would be. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of innuendo going on there, and uh, unfortunately, we can't explain it to you. So no, I thought it was cool. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. No, it's that's like, good. He's like, man, can I get some of that? I'm like, yes. So, you bet you can. So, uh, all right, well, awesome. So today, back to what we're talking about is um, the topic is is called influence, and um, what we're talking about, and uh, you know, now that I am. Uh, having to say it, I totally forgot to know who the author is. So I'm, I'm, this is a book. It's, uh, we're talking about this based on this book. It's called Influence. It's by, by uh, Robert uh, Caldini, I think. Um, that's how you pronounce his last name. But it's a really interesting book, and it's talking about how as human beings that we're easily influenced um, by different things. We have a lot of um, – this is something we've talked about before on the podcast where uh, – a lot of how our brain operates is just kind of this automatic programming and because we're social creatures we uh, our social cues and our social interactions have a lot of influence on what we do and, and a lot of it is just automatic and we we can be easily manipulated and influenced by other people um, and not even know what's happening because like I said these are just kind of automatic programs that run in our brain and so as I was reading this I was like well this is a really interesting this would be an interesting thing to talk about because in the world of recovery and addiction, you know, uh, what one what one person may call influence, another may call manipulation. You know, is we can do these things and um, use these either intentionally or unintentionally use these techniques on people to you know manipulate them doing things that we we want them to do. And so, um, or I mean, like I said, it, it can be unintentional. You know, you can be just hanging around with a group of friends and they're doing these things unintentionally. And they're influencing you to do things that you don't want to do, uh, but but you're just falling subject to like some of these kind of automatic programs. So I thought, well, you know, if we talk about some of this stuff, one of the, the best ways to combat the automatic programs that run in our brain is to become aware of them. 
Yeah. Right. And so then, you know, then you can pause. Um, the more developed part of our brains are the ones that allow us to think and actually have thought. Um, if we, we stop and, and let that take over, then we can, we can counteract some of the stuff and not allow the, um, the subconscious part of our brain just to take over and, 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 and run our lives for us. Yeah. You know, I'm not, um, obviously if you guys don't know, Caleb's part of the medical field and he's very educated and I'm kind of on the other end of the spectrum. Uh, but, uh, you know, this is kind of the, the neural pathway thing, right? So you make decisions, there's connections in your brain that are built over time and, um, they become stronger the more you kind of lean into them. Is that kind of what you're talking about here? Yeah. And, and so, I mean, we've got, you know, and you know, not to wait into the whole waters of creationism versus evolutionism, you know, however you want to, whatever your take is on when mankind developed, either way, we're, we developed out of a social, uh, one of the, the things that allows humans to succeed is our social, um, the social aspects of our, our society, our culture, our, our being. And so, you know, we don't, we don't have, we're not born with claws and we're not born with, you know, big, sharp, pointy teeth. And, um, what we're born with is the ability to, to think and reason and to uh, adapt our environment better than any other animal, but then to also, um, communicate and interact socially. And so with numbers and the ability to think and adapt, we can, we can conquer our environment and in our, um, you know, our enemies, so to speak, right? Any animals that may want to, you know, you know, the saber tooth tigers and the woolly mammoths and the things that we had to overcome as before we were developed living in our, you know, cushy homes with our smartphones. So, <laughs> um, so, so those, those programs, and, and then as that, as you know, we went from that, that stage of development, that kind of stuff just gets passed along in our genetics and our development, our physiology. And so, yeah, you have parts of your, parts of your brain again, that just, they develop those pathways and it just continues to get passed along because the, 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 um, you know, maybe the humans that are more like me who aren't as social, <laughs> you know, early on in development, you know, yeah, uh, but you got claws, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, Ugh, the, the, the isolated <laughs> caveman who didn't want to hang out with all the other cavemen, <clears throat> he didn't get a chance to mate and pass on his DNA, his, his isolation DNA because he was by himself. And so the saber tooth tiger took him out. Right. <laughs> but all the, the happy, social people they all hung together and you know and so so that's how we i saw this story on the crudes yeah <laughs> yeah exactly yeah <laughs> that's uh that's where we get our science from. That's, um and so so that's how that's how through time and um development we've we've passed on like said what works and what doesn't work so much is you know as a species and so so yeah so um like you were talking about, the kind of those neural pathways get stronger, these programs get embedded in us, and it's just a way that we automatically um, respond to the world because there's so much input, and you know, and our brains are amazing in that they can take in so much information. I, I can't, you know, I'm sure somewhere out there, there's you can Google it. How much bits of information is your brain processing at any one time? And it's an astounding number. I mean, it's still more. You know, our brains as great as computing is now. Even with the artificial intelligence stuff, it's still more. Our brains do more, can do more than what, um, you know, the complexity of our brains is more complex than what a computer can do. And um, so we have to be able to, in order to function, we have to be able to filter out and only respond to things that are worthy of responding to. 
And so that's where a lot of the automatic kind of programming, the subconscious mind deals with a lot of that stuff that we don't even register, you know, at a conscious level is because it's, it's just overwhelming to our brains. And so, um, like I said, we have these automatic programs that just run, you know, because of years and years and years and years of conditioning. So I don't know, is that, did that answer your question? It did. Yeah. More than you wanted. No. <laughs> so, so that in, in this book, Influence, it talks about a bunch of different types and different ways that we kind of analyzes kind of these or goes through different circumstances and situations that are kind of these automatic programs. I'm going to I'm going to go through uh, all of them, but we're just going to spend a little time on some and maybe a little bit more time on some others. And so because some of them are pretty, you know, you're going to go, oh, yeah, I I understand that. Or, you know, we'll, we'll all be able to think of some situations in which, you know, some of these things occur. So. Um, so the first one is uh, reciprocation, right? And so reciprocation is, hey, you know, if I give you something, you're going to feel more obligated to give me something. And so we were talking about right before we came on, um, the, the example that popped in my head was we just uh, bought a bought a vehicle a couple couple few months ago, and um, we went to the dealership to do it. And as soon as we get in there, you know, we meet the sales guy, and uh, and the first thing they they do is say, hey. Uh, Hey, you want some water or do you want a, a root beer? Just because it's it was odd. Because um, every time anybody asks us, like, do you want water or do you want a root beer? I'm like, why is it? Because that's all they had. They only had root beer. And I don't, <laughs> as for pop, like, they have, didn't have like Coke products or nothing. It was just like, you want a root beer. This is all, this is your only <laughs> option. Um, but what they're doing, uh, you know, you may just think, well, maybe they're just nice people. No, what they're doing is they're giving you something. So then later on, you feel. That's that's a way to begin to to give you uh, to make you start to feel the obligation to give something back, right? Just so it's to help help you uh, to go f- go through with a purchase later on. And so we can all think about that. Um, you know, anybody who uh, maybe you know somebody that uh, that that abuses us. Hey, you remember that one time I gave you this thing? You know, now I want you to do this for me or whatever. Yeah, we see in like relation. Yeah, we see in relationships a lot. Actually, it's a uh, when counseling, doing marriage counseling, it's a uh, it's a trap. The couples fall into the debt debtor type of relationship, yeah. and it's just like, well, I rubbed your feet, and you know, so yeah. <laughs> um, you know, or or however, but uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, this is definitely one that gets abused, and then so <clears throat> so um, you know, in the way that you um, you know, you kind of counteract that is that it's not that you just stop accepting gifts or anything but obviously if you notice that somebody is, is starting to abuse us or manipulate try to manip- manipulate you by giving you hey i gave you this um you know especially like parents talking about relationships uh, the way guys will abuse us is they'll buy they'll buy a lot of gifts for a, a lady you know trying to try to have sex with her or something you know, hey i you know i keep buying you these you know it's a sugar yeah. daddy right and so um <clears throat> the way you counteract that is it's not necessarily that you you said stop accepting things from people, but you just, um, you know, you kind of are aware of just because you accept something doesn't give you the, doesn't obligate you to doing something for somebody else. Yeah. Right. And so, um, you know, and if, if, if they were giving you something, um, purely as a gift, then that's not going to be something that's going to damage that relationship. Now, if they were giving you something to manipulate you and you're like, no, I'm not going to do, you know, X, Y, Z because you gave me ABC. Um, then they're going to stop giving you stuff. And that's probably a good thing because 
they're trying to manipulate you. So yeah, and then all is exposed. Yeah, I mean, so that's yeah, so that's one that's one uh, to look at. It is reciprocation. Like I said, this, that's a pretty common one. I'm sure we can all think of somebody that's like that. Um, another way that uh, we are easily influenced is that we're influ influenced by people that uh, we like. Okay, when you think, well, that's pretty pretty obvious. So back back to um, the uh, car car buying example. That's that's actually an example they use in the book. Is that um, you're I can't remember the percentage, but you're so much more likely to buy a vehicle if you if you like um, the the your salesperson, right? Like not just you know I don't I just dislike this guy, but um, instead of having a neutral feeling about them, you actually like them, and so. Um, and there's different ways that we, um, different aspects of liking. So physical attractiveness, obviously we see that in advertising, right? They yeah. always put the pretty people on the TV to yeah. sell you stuff. Yeah, it's been one of those. It's been uh, kind of known since, you know, television, you know. it's uh, You're selling something to men, have an attractive woman, and, you know, and selling something to women, you know, have, have right. things that are relatable. And, uh, I mean, I'm just reminded of a certain beer company recently who kind of dismissed this whole yes. um, in this this whole part of influence is that we should probably you know relate to our, uh, right. our target audience if you make your spokesperson the exact opposite of what your, yeah. your existing customer want. base is yeah. it doesn't work out well for you and we're going to talk about them in just a minute so because <laughs> yeah. that's a that's no, one that, no, that's all right mind. but yeah. uh but that should read the notes ahead of time no that's all right <laughs> because that's a different you know but that's that is a different aspect of, of the liking of that one's going to be a different type of influence, but um, but yeah. So like, uh, uh, it's a very famous case on um, when uh, Richard Nixon and, and John F. Kennedy were running against each other for president, and um, Nixon was ahead until they had the debate, right? And that was like the first televised debate, I believe. So I could be wrong, but um, anyway, when everybody, it's, it's fairly well agreed that because of the televised debate. It, it really sank Nixon's um, uh, popularity because you've got JFK over there looking nice and put together and, you know, more attractive than Richard Nixon, who's over there, you know, Nixon like looking hammered dog. Yeah. Too. <laughs> yeah. Nixon's over there sweating and looking disheveled. And, you know, it doesn't matter about the substance of their arguments. It was just who looked better. And, and so after that, JFK had a, a, a bump in his in his polling and, and went on to win the presidency, obviously. Um, so physical attractiveness is one thing that um, that causes us to like people. Another thing is like when Aaron was talking about similarity. So yeah, uh, you're more likely to um, buy from somebody who is like you, right? So you know you're a guy, you're more likely to buy from a guy unless it's a very attractive female. Then that typically yeah. will tip guys over. But um, you know, a housewife. If you can relate, you know, if a housewife buying from a housewife, that's why Tupperware uses. Well, it started with Tupperware, you know, Tupperware parties. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but now it's all sorts of things, you know, the, wit the, the witchcraft uh, oils and <laughs> yeah, um. all the different, all the different, um, you know, home business opportunities, shall we say that um, that's that's part of the model is, is that you're buying from people you like and people who are like you. Uh, so similarity, fam familiar, fam I can't say this word. Familiarity. Yeah, here's one word that I struggle with. I don't so. know what happened or what the heck happened. Bleep. <laughs> <laughs> Familiarity. Right. Yeah, that's like it's a 
That's the only time you'll ever witness that that Caleb can't pronounce a word that I can. Yeah, that's it's uh it's something about those the A R I. My mouth just goes. If you ask me to do it again, I probably can't. Yeah. So. So let's not. Yeah. So the people that we're familiar with, <laughs> so people that you you know have some history with, obviously that helps, um, helps you uh, uh, be more comfortable. You like them more, obviously, um, and so you're more likely to. Um, buy from them and then association is like you know again people who are um you associate so you know church people right and um that's the thing that gets abused right we see that um people who go to church together <laughs> and then you know hey i can you know you're just in conversation talking about you know i need to redo my bathroom and this guy's a uh, on the side doing you know tile work or whatever oh yeah i can do I it i saw a youtube video once yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then they come over and it's an awful job and then you feel obligated to pay him still because well we go to church together and you know that's a, uh, it's always uh, and I know anytime I treated somebody uh, in my practice from church I was always like listen if you don't I would always start off with listen if you don't like me if you don't think this helps you if you don't feel no obligation to come back I'm never going to ask you where you've been if you why you haven't come back um, because I, I want to continue to have a good relationship with you at our church. So just know that up front, I'm not going to you know, pressure you or be that person. So, um, so liking is, is a different way we get influenced. So, um, and, and, you know, and the book made a good point uh, back when it was talking about the kind of the car example is that the way you counteract this is regardless of how well you like somebody, if you're having a, like a business interaction with them, um, you know, if you're buying a car, you have to tell yourself, I'm, I'm driving this car off the lot. I'm not taking the salesperson home with me, right? So it doesn't, regardless how much you like the person who's selling you something, um, you're, you're the one who's going to, you know, experience the, the, um, oh, the, uh, the consequences of your buying decision. And so the same thing goes with, you know, when it, in recovery, as much as you may like this, you know, maybe you know somebody who's very, you know, he's a friend of yours. I like him a lot. It's a very nice person. But they, then, you know, hey, do you want to do this substance with me? It's like, you know, and you're like, no, I don't want to, but I like this guy. And, and so, um, you know, maybe I should do this thing because they want me to. And Well, remember, that the consequences of your actions are you're going to be the one that has to, to suffer those. Um, it's not this person that you like. Um, that's trying to get you to do something you don't want to do. So um, that's that's one uh, another way that people influence. Um, the next one is uh, social proof, and so the social proof is what we do uh, when we uh, we're uncertain about a, cer- uh, a situation, right? So I, you know, maybe I'm going. I'm go- so what we social proof. The biggest example is uh, user reviews, right? On um, you know everybody gets on Amazon. What's the first thing you do? If you want to buy something, is you look at reviews. Well, you look for a thousand reviews. Yeah, you look plus. For, <laughs> yeah, you look at what's most reviewed because you're like, I don't know what this product is. I don't know how well it works. Yeah, so I need to go and look. And so, I mean, so, and, and you know, uh, people that sell things, they they know that is such a uh, an important thing that they've you know there's a lot of controversy now about fake reviews. You know, they have bots or they'll pay people. <clears throat> You can actually go and do this if you want to make some money. Not a lot, but you can go. There's websites where you can sign up, and they'll pay you, uh, you know, pennies or whatever per review to go and review these products. Um, and that's there's companies that hire people to do that, to add reviews, uh, to to boost because they know that's what's going to sell something. 
And so social proof happens in, when we're unfamiliar with the situation. Um, we, we look to social proof as to how we should respond. And so that's um, one way we do it. And then um, another, the, the proportionality of, of, of how you respond is based on the number of people that respond to something. And so one of the examples that talks about in the book is like if you go to a, if you were to live in a city and you go to, a, you know, you go on the sidewalk somewhere and you just look up, up into, you know, a random place on a building and just stare at it by yourself, you're not likely, you know, most people aren't going to take notice of you. But if you take like 20 people, because they did this as a study, they took like 20 people, had them all go stand on the sidewalk and look at the same spot. Then everybody walking by will now all of a sudden start looking yeah. up and looking at nothing. And so this is where we're going to talk about Bud Light. Is I saw uh, <coughs> this video. I can't remember. It may have been one of those shows like Brain Games or something on Netflix my kids were watching. But uh, they had this doctor's office set up. And so they uh, they start with this one person and, and a bell would go off in the, the waiting room. And the one person would stand up and sit down. And, um, and then... Over time, like they brought in a second person that was in on it, and they would stand up and sit down. And then they started bringing in mm -hmm. like normal people, and the normal people like would like look around, them, like, oh, and stand up, like what am I supposed to do? And then yeah. eventually it was four, and then they started to move the people out that were in on it. And then eventually they've got a whole waiting room of people that the bell would ring, everybody would stand up. Yeah. Nobody knows why they're doing it. Nobody knew to begin with, and the people that were in on it are now gone. Um, yeah, it's just exactly. Just the money. That that yeah. is a perfect example. So I struggle in moments because I'm so conscious of this. When a lot of people are doing something, my natural inclination is like, I'm sitting. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Um. <laughs> right. So what? Well, yeah. It's exactly. And so, um, you know what? Uh, like we were talking about before, Bud Light. So obviously the, the Bud Light controversy. You know, they they pick a, a spokesperson who's the. the opposite of what their typical customer base is and so now not only did um so that that initial outrage happened and people didn't buy but you know now a lot of the struggles even if people what they find is that people who um not don't necessarily care that they sent the can if you're unfamiliar with bud light sent uh a, a, they made some cans with the the face they put the face of a, a trans um activists on there and sent it to this this individual um and uh that at, at, aggravated so we say a lot of their customers and so they stopped they have experienced an incredible decrease in sales so at the latest they just said they're like now ranked 14th or something from they used, one they used to be one and so what they found though is that you know even after the it's not even so much the initial outrage of, of so you have all those customers who didn't want to buy because of what they did but now um, because so many people have stopped buying and have been angry, upset about it, there's people who don't care the th about the fact that they sent the, the cans to this trans activist, but they just don't want to be seen with a Bud Light. You know, it's like it's, it's, it's so that's the social again, the many. Another example they used, which I thought was funny in the book, that you reminded me of talking about that, was there was a um, train broke down, some city, you know, where everybody's traveling by train. They, they report, hey, the trains are down, um, some mechanical, whatever. No no indication of when it's going to start back up or that it's, you know, um, it was clear that it was affecting everything. Well, after sitting on the tracks, for some, one person would get up and there was, you know, a train on the other side of the platform. So they get up and they go and get on this train. 
well then another person and another person eventually everybody on this train has gotten up and gone over to this other train there's no indication that that train is going to start working any sooner than this train well they go sit and they, that train doesn't get you know that train's not working either and so then eventually they get up you know one by one and flow back over to the original train and everybody's back where they started from and they they have done this whole thing just because some people have gotten up and gone yeah. but that is that is social proof and so and, you know and that's peer pressure and that's all that stuff that we talk about um so we've seen that many many times um, played out um which leads to the next one which is also similarity so people who look like us or do things that are similar uh, you know that again uh that we would associate with um if they do it we're more likely to do it um and so one of the really interesting things that um talks about in the book was it they have found in um places where uh, a newspaper has published like a front page story about a, a, a suicide that has happened in a town that car crashes um and plane crashes go up and what they find is that what's happening is that suicides go up when a suicide is publicized and so what they find is that um, uh, you know car crashes go up is because people are using their car you know they're they're uh, you know going head-on into a tree or whatever to, to commit suicide Crazy. and not only was it that but it's it's sent the it's so if it's a teen that committed suicide the the number of young drivers that are in uh, these fatal car accidents goes up so it's it's likeness it's young people who see a young person commit suicide are more likely to commit suicide yeah. if it's an older person they're more likely to commit suicide you know and there is a since the the trans thing is such a, a big cultural issue right now they did a study out of i want to say norway and they found that um if one person in a youth uh friend group decided to be trans the likelihood that um more than you know some other ones in within that friend group goes our, our trans goes up by like 60 percent. yeah you know so well that's one you can just um you can just look at democrat uh, the demographics across the country and see there's these hot spots and it's like well why are right. there hot spots <laughs> yeah yeah your, your your child is is more likely to be gender fluid if you you know live in san yeah. francisco which yeah. you know, go figure it must be the water or something i'm sure yeah, yeah. you can see the same thing with the dallas cowboys and their, <laughs> their fan base <laughs> Hey, I got, I got some criticism about my Dallas Cowboys <laughs> comments a couple a couple episodes ago. So again, That's I don't a, care. I just like to stir pots I here. I, do, I just think it's always funny that you know we can we can say something about you know whatever and we never get any sort of comp comments or criticisms, and then we talk about like the Dallas Cowboys or you know you'll get some criticism about the witch oils or whatever. You know we'll get some. <laughs> That's the stuff that really is people's hot buttons. So. Um, social proof. So yeah, so the way you combat that is like Aaron said, just because everybody else is doing it is not a good reason to do it. You know, we all got that. That, that well, it takes awareness. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean it, it's it is, and it's uncomfortable sometimes. Yeah, yeah, it is. So be uncomfortable. But you know, we all get that that uh, that that argument from our mothers. Well, if, if Johnny went and jumped off a bridge, would you too? Yeah. Yes. Yes, well, I would. Well, this. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that's what we see, but. I know there's been moments where I've like let's say I've listened to somebody speak and then they get some standing ovation at the end 
And I thought, man, they sucked. Yeah. And those are I the do. times where I sit down. Like, I do the same thing. I'm it like, makes, no. It no, makes, I'm not applauding. That was garbage. <laughs> yes. why, are we all, why are we all telling them it's great? Yeah. They suck. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I'll sit there and I look like, you know, such a butt. I know, but I'm just like, no. And yeah. that's me practicing, though. I'm not going yeah. with the blow. I do that and it makes Janelle uncomfortable. Yeah, it makes segue. Janelle uncomfortable yeah, too. Imagine. Especially so. like, so here's how much. All right, so I'm gonna try to out out jerk you because this is what I this is what I this is what bugs me is when you go to a school function <laughs> and it's you know it's like fifth graders or whatever and they're doing some sort of song and you know half of them are picking their nose the other ones you know three of them are crying and you know two of them are spinning in circles you got you know a couple of the nerds that are like grouped around the mic who are trying to dominate and they yeah. can't sing on key or whatever and then they finish and then all the parents are like giving them a standing ovation i'm like yeah. no this yeah. is what's wrong with society yeah don't applaud i mean you can applaud yeah. they don't deserve a standing ovation so <laughs> <laughs> they gotta earn it uh, and they gotta at least all be facing the same direction if i'm gonna stand up and applaud that yeah <laughs> you, you think you're out jerking me but the award assembly this year there's multiple times like i'm not clapping for that oh yeah like these are third graders i don't care yeah like they need to do better we got the the class uh, we had that yeah oh don't get me yeah they, we had all sorts of made up awards for kids because all the kids needed an award and i'm just like are you kidding me this is exactly what's wrong you all should know better so anyway so don't do that yeah so fight against the man yeah. don't don't go along with the crowd <clears throat> Uh, get uncomfortable be uncomfortable try to make the people around you uncomfortable for going along that's what you should do yeah like you're all a bunch of sheep just start <laughs> saying that when <laughs> think for yourself that's what you should do all right so then the next type of influence is authority now we all know this people definitely will go along with what if, if you view somebody as an authority figure you're going to, you know, we are way more likely to go along with whatever it is they say, they say. And we just, we just came out of uh, the two year pandemic uh, going along with this. Um, but you know, what's interesting is they found that it doesn't actually have to be a person that symbols, clothing, and um, uh, I should have wrote it down status, I think, but basically representations of authority is enough to influence people. Yeah. Now the classic, the classic, uh, experiment that that proved this was um i can't remember what it was called but it happened back in 40s 30s i can't remember early 1900s and um what they did was these people were brought in and told um you're going to there's a person on the other side of this you can't see him but there's a person on the other side of the the, the wall and um they were gonna be asked uh, questions i think and if they got it wrong the person had to push a button and um it would administer a mild a mild shock to the person that's what they were told and they were you know they were under the assumption that the person under on the other side was the the person who was being experimented on it when it actually was them and what they did was they had you know somebody in a white jacket right you know observing this person pushing the button well what they they also they they did was as they continued to get things wrong the 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 um the shock would increase like so it was it just kept getting worse and the person on the other side each time they pushed the button was you know told to scream and start to like beg for mercy like please stop you know it hurts ow you know all this stuff and and what they found was a disturbing number of people that continued to go on pushing this button because the guy in the white coat or the gal would tell them like listen just keep doing it 
it's it's okay just keep doing just keep pushing the button and there was you know they didn't know what to do some some you know uh, refused to do it but an overwhelming majority of these people because they they uh, associated the white coat with authority <clears throat> continue to push the button um, and so uh, yeah that's well we get a picture of this with like every genocide that's ever taken place yeah. I mean just authority's a powerful powerful influence right and so like I said we, you know we kind of just went through this with uh, COVID where we just you know government agencies and people authority we just assume um you know they're always right and uh, you know unfortunately we're seeing you know as the data plays out that they weren't always right and not only that one area in authority that we get ourselves in trouble even more so is that even if somebody's an expert in one area it doesn't make them an expert in every area and so many times we uh, conflate those two things you know somebody may be a, a medical expert but they're not being a medical expert is not put you in authority or make you an expert in public policy and so that's what we experience a lot with COVID is that you know people who are you know maybe public health experts you know by their credentials at least um, we're making you know economic decisions like and, credentials or physician yeah making economic can you know decisions or making um, public policy or political decisions when they don't they're not experts in those fields but we just assume, well, because you know, you know all this stuff, then you must know it. You know, you must be good at everything, and that's not the case at all. Yeah. Um, you know, there there are plenty of doctors who couldn't tell you a thing about how their car works, right? They could tell you all sorts of things about how the body works, but they don't know a thing about how. Well, you know, it's it's funny. Sometimes people seek this out, and me personally, and I'm not stating that I'm some expert in any field, um, but. You know, it's it's weird about my particular position because I speak into areas of life of spirituality. You know, the thing I'm asked about the most that I'm completely unqualified for, legal advice. Oh yeah, all the time. Yeah. And I have to tell people constantly, I'm not an attorney. Like, and whether it's and just not like things that would be obvious to ask me, like, hey, I got this drug charge, you know, yada yada. No, I'd be like going through this divorce, yeah. custody questions. Right. I'm like. I, just because this is what I speak into in your life does not mean <laughs> I can tell you about anything legal. In fact, I can get in trouble. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to do that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another one that's really uh, it's having significant health issues consequences for our country is the fact that every the, the single biggest giver of nutritional advice are medical doctors, and you would think they would actually be clubbed medical doctors are, are uh just insanely uh inadequate in their nutritional knowledge <laughs> i mean and you can look that up i'm not just saying that but uh, I, my bachelor's in nutrition and, and you know that's one thing we learned and they did studies uh research on you know they go through and look at medical schools and in their their the actual classes and and uh, there are some medical doctors who set through a a a physical three-hour class on nutrition that is the extent of the nutrition they have wow you know and but that's who most people try to get nutritional advice from now there's obviously some who maybe they you know their their bachelor's was in nutrition or there there are some that are for sure you know educated on, on nutrition but 
the vast majority of them aren't. And I knew when my doctor said cut out red meat and cut back on bacon. Yeah. He was he was a freaking liar. Yeah, he doesn't always talk about that. Yeah. I've got a question. So you you show me your transcript. Yeah. Let me see. Let me see your transcript. Let me see what kind of nutrition yeah. training you've had. And if you're not an undergrad in nutrition, I'm not listening to you about <laughs> steak or bacon. Well, I am, and uh, you should give some of that up. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but but again, that's that's a tour. so so obviously the way to combat that is is you know one educate yourself a little bit about things so we're not just blindly assuming you know it's the great thing about the internet is that it can teach you it can teach you some good things it can teach you a lot of bad things but it can teach you some good things it can you can research on your own and find some good good information um so so you know understand you know try to educate yourself just about whatever but then also um you know if you have have some you know some common sense try to use it like you know when they come out and say you should do this or um, you know, I'm trying to think, well, I'll just say it, you know, when they tell you that masks are going to stop the coronavirus and you're like, well, they, they don't stop any other respiratory virus. Why would they stop this one? You know, that's a simple, that's a simple question to ask. Yeah. Well, this one's different. No, it's not. I mean, what's different is how it acts when it gets inside your body. And prior to this, you know, all conventional knowledge said those don't work. So anyway, that's just, that's just a good point for me. But anywho. All right, so authority. We'll get to this. <laughs> My two masks and 30 vaccines kept me from getting COVID. Okay. Um, so authority is one. The next one is scarce, scarcity. So scarcity influences us, and we're not going to spend a lot of time on this one because it's not a lot. Nobody, Nobody's using the scarcity tactic to get you to do meth, typically. But it scarcity raises perceived value. So sticking with COVID, we all remember the toilet paper uh, the great toilet paper scarce scarcity of uh, 2020 for no reason whatsoever everybody goes and buys toilet paper and because you see everybody buying toilet paper you're like I gotta get some toilet paper because we're gonna run out there's no reason whatsoever for us to think yeah. we're gonna run out of toilet paper and well then eventually you get to the variable place of crap all these morons are buying toilet paper yeah. <laughs> now I have no choice yeah the only reason we we ran out of toilet paper was because people were buying toilet paper there was no reason for it was yeah. it was an artificial I bet some of these people still have toilet paper oh, they have to yeah. if you did the math you're like you've got toilet paper for the next 10 years so one that actually just happened here recently where we we live is we had um, it was a few weeks ago about yes. a month ago and then we had a, a the beginning of July. Yeah, was it? Uh, we had a really bad storm come through, and we had tornado-like winds without having a tornado, and we lost power. And um, all of a sudden, I, I was I was leaving the house. Uh, but, but this is this Oklahoma. We have storms and lose power all the time. But I was leaving the house and noticed that there seemed to be quite a bit of people at the gas station. I was like, well, that's interesting. And then I come back, and there's more people at the gas station, and then. The next time I go by, there's like lines out, and then it's, I'm seeing people on Facebook on the community page. Where, where's, is there any gas stations left that have gas? I'm like, what is going on? And I, so I started looking for news stories. Like, did, you know, some refi refinery get taken out? Is there any? There is no, there is no nothing. And what it was, most of it was, is that these people who had lost power, going and getting gas for their generators and because um, all the trees and stuff had gone down and so people were getting gas for their you know chainsaws and whatnot well other people see people getting gas oh i better go get some gas yeah because 
I don't know why, but I just need to go do it. And next thing you know, we had a run well, on gas. Well, this is Honduras. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. it's not there's, like you can go buy fuel every yeah, day. There's not going to be a gas truck tomorrow. And so everybody, so all the gas, a lot of the gas stations in our area, for no reason whatsoever, ran out of gas. And now all of a sudden people were like. <sighs> yeah, sorry about that. We got to figure out our camera. So, so anyway, so. All these areas, or all these gas stations in our area, lost would like actually actually ran out of gas only because people were were rushing and, and buying gas because they thought there was for some reason there was, there was scarcity, and so, um, you know, that's a, um, that's that's something that so there was no there's no uh, rationale for why people did that other than they they saw it happening and so we just reacted and. and um, and went in and and ran everybody out of gas, which was the, the <laughs> dumbest thing. Um, another way this happens is censorship. So we see that, um, especially online, if something gets censored, that makes people want to see it more. You know, information or a news story or a particular point of view that creates um, uh, a desire to see more of it. Um, the famous case of that is what we call the Streisand effect. So. There was a guy, this was like late 80s, he uh, was a photographer, took a picture of like the coastline of California just for the sake of taking the picture of the coastline. You know, just so happened to have Barbara Streisand's house in the picture. And she saw this and she raises a big, you know, makes a big to-do about it. Say, hey, you need to take this picture down. It has my pit, my house in it. Well, that caused everybody to go see what you know what was barbara streisand's house look like you know <laughs> nobody had any idea about it there was until, even hers yeah until she made a deal out of it and then everybody wanted to go see it because she's the one who who saw it so um say another place we see this is uh on facebook anytime there's a photo covered up that says censored yeah you gotta click i'm it. gonna click it you yeah gotta, i just <laughs> i don't know what it is I, I didn't read any of the information i just they don't want me to see this for some reason yeah gotta look yeah so, like I said, typically this isn't something that pops up in recovery because, again, you're not doing the, you know, this is my last batch of blue <laughs> meth by now while supplies last. But you'll see that, you know, the infomercial. I love that. I'm seeing that now. And then you've, if you've seen infomercials here lately on, um, you know, they sell those products, whatever the the thing, you know, this 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 gadget will wash your car windshield better than anything else. And they'll go through about all the benefits. And then what they do is it this like red light you know like the siren light comes on and it's like you know due to supply chain issues this may be the last time we're able to produce said gadget so order now <coughs> and we'll send you two yeah. you know so you have some strict limit of three yes yeah and so that's exactly what it is is it's to create scarcity to make you buy um so yeah i saw one of these for the first time that. yesterday like recently and I, I don't have normal tvs i don't ever see these commercials i'm sitting in the doctor's office and it was the stupidest thing it's a it's a it's a magnifying glass for books yeah and it's just like so it's, it's plastic and glass yeah. readily common materials and that that was exactly their ploy like we can't get glass anymore like or plastic like this can't make this so i was like this is stupid. manufacturing bullshit happen is shutting down. It's done. Yes. Because of supply no chain issues, or because your product sucks. No like. more magnifying glasses <laughs> yeah. are going to be so created. Just, just, yeah. That was the last one. I don't know. So. Maybe around here is because some storm came through and everybody's. I gotta. I can't. You know, see things. I'm gonna have to magnify them. I gotta better go get magnifying glasses <laughs> now. Um. 
So that's like the scarcity. So, um, you know, try that with your kids. Hey, this is the last piece of broccoli. <laughs> Get it now while supplies last. I'm sure <laughs> it'll work. work on my kids. My kids love broccoli. <laughs> no. Well, there you go. I don't. It wouldn't work at all. Yeah, They'd be like, fine, good. Over it. <laughs> <laughs> kids are weird. Yeah. All right. Now this one, this next one, this one shows up a lot in, um, in addiction um, issues. Uh, commitment and consistency. And so, um, as humans, we want to be uh, and look consistent. So, in our in our words, beliefs, attitudes, deeds. Um, and so, what what the so what what you'll see in the sales world, especially like if you're at, you know going to buy a car or a bigger ticket item, is they they will try to get you to start saying yes to things. So, it isn't you know um, small things. Hey, don't you think the weather's nice today? You know, they yes, they're trying to get you to start to agree. They start if you start to agree on little things, you're more likely to researches they find that you're more likely to agree to big things and so again you'll see this in relationships somebody who's trying to manipulate you will um you know hey uh, well one um one popular way that most just normal people do and we all know this one is um you need somebody to do something for you the first thing you ask is can i hey would you do me a favor you don't say what the favor is yeah you just say can you do me a favor and then when they say, well, yeah, yeah, I need you to come over and take this tree down for me, you know, <laughs> they're like, they're like, crap, I already said, yeah, you know, and, and that's the thing, no matter how absurd the actual favor is, people are more inclined to say yes to the thing because they said yes to, can yeah. you do me a favor? And so, like, so they'll do that in sales, but they, so they'll do it, um, people, you know, trying to manipulate you, well, hey, can, you know, you want to do something you know that seems really innocent or whatever and um the uh they'll they'll get you to do that and then so apparently we figured out the issue the camera's getting hot because there's no air conditioning in the room we're in so yes, it is very hot so yeah. so we'll talk faster so yeah so <laughs> um so so getting you to say yes to small things will get is, is then trying to get you to say yes to a big thing and so that's an important thing to understand is that just because you have said yes to something smaller is that when you when they get to a place where um uh you're uncomfortable um you need to trust your gut and say no because you will um you know that it's it's a manipulation tactic to try to get you to do something you don't want to do by getting you to do a bunch of little things that don't seem like that big of a deal um so that is the uh, like I said. I'm trying to keep this one short because obviously we're running into some more technical issues. But um, you hear this about like um, I guess the most one that pops in my head is the uh, the whole Hollywood casting couch kind of thing. You know, come in for an audition, um, some young lady, and they're like, oh, well, you know, do you want this part? And you look pretty, and you know, that might require you to do certain things and do these things and you know, and they, they get her to, to go along and they, well, you know, I, I really want you for this part, but I'm just not sure if you're right. And the next thing you know, they have her doing, you know, sexual favors because they've continued to put the pressure on and, and doing those sorts of things and have manipulated her into to feeling like this is, she's, she's all but got whatever part she wants to, you know, this is going to be her break. And all she has to do is this one, one last thing. And, yeah. you know, and that's how they get taken advantage of. So that would be commitment and consistency, is it? You know, don't allow somebody to take those things, maybe those little things, and turn it into a big thing for you. Yeah. 
No, no, on that one. I don't. Some more. I got the anxiety about the camera shutting off again now. So, so that's all I can think about. Yeah. So like watching things flash over there. Yeah. What is it? So, so just to to recap those real fast. So there's reciprocation. You know, give to get kind of thing. Liking. The more we like somebody, the more we're likely to do something. Social proof. Everybody else is doing it. Authority. Obviously, if we, there's a perceived sense of authority, we're more likely to do it. Scarcity. People don't don't go buy gas and toilet paper anymore just because everybody <laughs> else is doing it. Like, stop it. Um, commitment and consistency. A bunch of little, little agreements to try to force you to do something big. You know? yeah. So by knowing those things, again, hopefully that helps you to not be manipulated in the future. But, um, you know, feel free to use that on your spouse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. It is one of those things. Be mindful of it. Be guarded. Um, you know, Caitlin and I both talked about this intentional moment where we uh, – go against the grain you know um it helps uh helps build that habit so you don't fall victim as, as frequently to, to things like this but uh hopefully this episode blessed you today um this gave you some insight and, and wisdom again to continue to grow in your recovery and in your faith but uh we're we're grateful that you guys joined us and, and continue just to, to stick it out with us and engage with our, our episodes here if you got any questions, reach out to us um, at the church office. You can email us at info at cedarpoint.church. You can call us 918-283-2221. But we, we love you guys. We'll see you right back here next week.